Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Wednesday, August 14th, episode 114. Double 14 here, Zach. And it's also, I believe, 14 is your favorite number. Am I right? It is. It is. Yes. Uh, joined with me as always by Zach Henson. Zach, uh, other than being sick, which I know you've been under the weather, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been it's been good. I, hopefully, I'm on the mend here. Um, but yeah, doing well. How about you? Yeah, from what I understand, it's like once you have a kid, especially if the kid is like a toddler. Apparently, this time of year is like everyone gets sick. Parents, siblings, everybody gets sick because a lot of like sick you know, pre-K and kindergartners go back to school and get all their classmates sick. Is that what happened here? Can we blame Winnie Kate? <laughs> blame, yeah, blame Winnie. Yeah, I heard that um, type A flu is already going around. I mean, we just started school back. How is this possible? So, I know. Anyways, watch out. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I haven't had a good sickness like that in a while, which is a good thing. Fingers crossed. So I uh, hope I, uh, you don't give it to me over the podcast. The mic, yeah. That would be bad. Um, so yeah, we haven't recorded in a few weeks. It's been some time. Last time we did an episode, we did a league meeting recap and gave uh, the tr- official draft order for our draft that is coming up in uh, like 16 days, I think. So it's getting really close. Uh, like I said, we're recording this Wednesday night and uh, we are in week two officially of the preseason. Oh yeah, uh, Hard to believe football is back. Oh yeah. Fun to watch though. Yeah. So um, this week, especially here in Nashville, uh, the Titans are hosting the New England Patriots ahead of their week two preseason game at St. Thomas Sports Park, and they're going to do another joint practice. And I think I'm going to go to that tomorrow uh, during the morning, kind of take a half day from work. So uh, if I do end up going, I will give a full recap on the next episode, I promise. There you go. Did you not go to the one today with uh, the Patriots? No, so they're doing it. Was, it was a Wednesday and Thursday thing. And just for me with work, I, Thursdays are a lot better for me to be able to take off. So. I was planning on going tomorrow, but I saw online, based on photos, it looked like a 70-30 split between Pats fans and Titans fans. I mean, the Pats took over, so yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if I want to go and put myself through that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So anyway, so that is the, you know, we're going to take a trip around Nashville here. That is the Titans and Patriots. We'll give a recap of that, I'm sure, next week. But before we do that, let's take a trip around the league. <laughs> Let's take a trip around the league. Biggest story, Zach, clearly in the NFL right now has been the Antonio Brown saga that is now going back, I mean, just a few weeks now. So week one of Hard Knocks was last week, we or two weeks ago, rather, and we talked about some of the stuff from that first episode or what we were expecting to see. And it was a pretty normal first episode. Antonio Brown, you know, was back at, at Raiders camp. You know, you see his kids in, in the show. Everything seemed pretty normal. And then he fast forward just one week and it's like, he's officially lost his mind. He's yeah. lost his helmet and he's lost his mind. Um, so there's a lot to unpack with this AB story and I'll try and recap it as quickly and as best as possible. Uh, Zach, before I do that, what's been your favorite part of this whole AB saga? Which story? You know, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with all this. I feel like we, we should have had Jake on um, to defend his boy, you know, yeah, and hopefully I'm not blowing Jake's cover. This might, you know, I might be breaching the uh, fantasy manager to fantasy manager uh, confidentiality agreement. Jake texted me as soon as all this stuff started going down. You know, when Antonio Brown put out a uh, 
Instagram post essentially suggesting that he is going to retire if he can't get the proper helmet that he wants to wear. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. As soon as that came out, I want to say it was on Friday or Thursday of last week, or maybe over the weekend, Jake Standifer, one of our own, texts me and says, I'm really about to get A.B. in the fourth round, aren't I? So I think, I think Jake thinks he's going to fall. No, A.B., I mean, he will fall. It's just um, a matter of how far. I don't know if it'll be round four or anything like that, especially with 14 teams, but um, he's you know, definitely not going to go in the first round or anything. All right, so let's, let's quickly recap and unpack this story with A.B. First, he was sidelined from Raiders training camp with an injury you don't see hardly ever, but especially this time of year, is frostbitten feet. So the Raiders are really into the cryogenic therapy, which is essentially like using a cold tub, but a player after working out or a practice will hop in this chamber, and it's like a five- to ten-minute kind of a rapid recovery and you're supposed to wear the proper socks and shoes, and apparently A.B. didn't have any of that. And I don't know who posted it on Twitter, but there is a photo that's been going around of A.B.'s feet, the bottom of his feet, and it is the grossest thing I've ever seen. Or not ever seen, that's a little, you know, hyperbolic, if you will. But, Zach, did you, have you seen the photo? I have not seen the photo. It's pretty I, gross. Yeah. So, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. I feel like maybe Jake's logo – this year, Matt, uh, sucks that you should maybe incorporate his feet somehow in this. I like that idea a lot. Um, I know his logo, he loves it already, but yeah, AB's feet, that should be his new team name is AB's feet. Yeah. I mean, if Jake wants the same logo or something, just, uh, lower the opacity, just kind of have it just, you know, somewhere in there. So that was the initial reason why AB was missing from camp where, you know, he, he couldn't run on, on his, uh, his frostbitten feet. And so the issue now has been for the last couple of days, at least since uh, really the start of the weekend, AB has announced that if he cannot use his old helmet type, so the NFL added a new policy that all helmets have to be um, manufactured in the last 10 years for safety reasons. And the helmet that AB has been used to is older than 10 years. So, uh, he's announced if he can't use his old helmet type that he used with the Steelers, which is now banned by the league, he said over Instagram essentially that he would retire from the game. So that's been the biggest story in the NFL. Um, AB went MIA from Raiders training camp. Uh, There's all the hard knocks hype for this second episode. Um, Zach, you already mentioned it. You think AB's um, stock is going to fall? I just I wonder how how you know far will it fall? Yeah, and I'll say this. If he does play in a preseason game, or is he going to play in a preseason game? Probably not, right? At this rate, I don't think he will, no. Yeah, yeah I was going to say if he has, like, a great game or something in the preseason, it would go back up. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how far he'll fall, but he will a little bit. So, A.B. has re- returned to Raiders camp. He actually put out a, uh, a tweet asking for a fan or wh- whoever that could give him the exact helmet type that he's you know comfortable with and that he likes – he would exchange it for the current helmet and it's signed. I'm thinking, man, you got to ante up a little higher than that. Like if what you're making these demands, it's like, okay, either I retire or you give me this helmet that I need, you know, you got to be offering like some cash or some season tickets or something. Yeah, seriously. If I have that helmet, I'm asking for more than just another signed helmet. Yeah. Something that has, you know, the impending uh, impact of him playing in the season. Oh yeah. I mean, you have to pony up a little bit more, AB. Come on. Well, AB, if he misses this season, I think he loses like 20 to $30 million. It's insane. His contract is yeah. so high, and so it would make any sense for him to sit this year. 
But it looks like he's going to play, and John Gruden, the Raiders head coach, thinks that A.B. is going to play as well. He told the media recently that he has big plans for A.B. in this offense, which, I mean, if you're the offensive coordinator or if you're writing up, drawing up uh, the Raiders offense, are, are you not going to have big plans for A.B.? That shouldn't be a shock to anybody. Yeah. So that's the biggest story in the NFL right now. Uh, the second biggest story, at least in my eyes, is the – the Dallas Cowboys and how they're going to pay all their top offensive weapons. So they paid Dexter Lawrence already. A lot of their money went to him um, this off season and getting him extended. So now they have to pay their three biggest weapons on offense. That's quarterback Dak Prescott running back Ezekiel Elliott and their uh, receiver. They received last year in the uh, right at the trade deadline, Amari Cooper. So the big story right now is the Amari Cooper story. is kind of going under the radar because uh, he's been the least vocal, but Zeke Elliott, he's MIA, he's in Cabo, just hanging out, doing his thing, he's sitting out. And then Dak Prescott, it's kind of been a, a wager war going back and forth with Dak and Jerry Jones. It's kind of been played out in the public. Uh, so the story right now is that Dak wants top quarterback money, and he has turned down a $30 million per year option or offer from the Jones family, according to reports. So I don't know who to believe on this one. Um, you know, it, it was reported that Dak was offered that $30 million deal, like I mentioned. He turned it down. This was according to Jane Slater of NFL Network. Uh, and she also reported that Dak has countered with $40 million a year, which would make him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of, Zach, when you hear that Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott wants to be a part of the top five highest-paid quarterbacks? Nah, I think that's a little too much. Uh, I think you should probably take the 30 fine maybe they should compromise somewhere in between and, and take the money and go. <laughs> yeah. I, I personally, I think he should be happy with 30. That, that's, yeah, I mean, that's high for me for him. Yeah. Dude came out of nowhere in the draft and he's the quarterback of the Cowboys. He should be thrilled. Yeah. And the only reason he's the quarterback of the Cowboys is because Tony Romo got hurt in the preseason. Right. You know? Yep. So Prescott wants to be, like I mentioned in the top five highest paid QBs in the league uh, to me, which is silly, but currently the top five are Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, and Matt Ryan. Can anyone honestly say that Dak belongs in that group of, of the names I just mentioned? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I don't think so. I don't know how they're going to pay all these guys, though. I mean, of those three players, Zach, that I mentioned, Dak, Zeke, and Amari, who's top of priority for Jerry Jones to get paid? Well, the quarterback, I mean, quarterback position is very important, you know, so um, obviously, um, I think you need to take care of that for sure. So, and I guess it just depends on your opinion about the running backs. If you think that they're worth it or not, which it seems that a lot of people don't, you know, around this, uh, this, this time period. So I'd go for the quarterback right now. I think the receiver, Amari Cooper is going to be the one, the odd man out, in my opinion. I think they find a way to keep Dak and Zeke yeah. they came in together as rookies. And I think they want to keep both of those guys. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Amari Cooper left, but I know that they're they're trying to work to keep Dak and Zeke as they as they should. Yeah. Another big story. This is also in Texas. The Houston Texans trade for former Cleveland Browns running back Duke Johnson. Kind of a sneaky big story because the Texans currently do not have a GM. They fired Brian Gaines like a month ago out of nowhere, and head coach Bill O'Brien of the Texans is now kind of acting as the GM, making you know roster and personnel decisions. So. Apparently, he, he dealt this trade with Cleveland, uh, the head coach of the Texans. So, Duke Johnson, now a Texan, 
dating back to the spring before even the NFL draft, uh, Johnson had been publicly requesting a trade. He was, you know, upset with all the moves they'd made. They signed uh, Kareem Hunt. I think Duke kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, so the Browns GM, John Dorsey, and head coach Freddie Kitchens, they publicly responded by saying it didn't matter what Duke wanted. Uh, he's not for sale uh, until he was sold, <laughs> of course. So um, the Texans don't have an official GM like I mentioned. So uh, O'Brien, I think he overspent a little bit, but he sends a fourth-round pick. What do you think of uh, Duke Johnson, now a Houston Texan, Zach? What do you think of him in that offense? Um, I mean, it's meh. You know, I mean, it's nothing that great, but, uh, you know, good for Duke to get out of uh, Cleveland, which obviously he wanted. So, I mean, maybe he'll make a splash. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. This obviously raises his value um, just as a, as a, you know, right. not, a, not a scat back or anything. But, I mean, Duke Johnson for the last couple of seasons in Cleveland was a sneaky good play in PPR leagues like our own. I mean, the guy, I think he has over 50 catches in two of his four seasons. Um, so as a running back option in later rounds, Duke Johnson, still not a bad option, especially considering Lamar Miller. I feel like it's hurt every season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, so, uh, Deontay Foreman and Alfred blue are no longer in Houston. They got cut and released at the beginning of the off season. So Duke's even more valuable now that he's a Texan, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it raises his value a little bit for sure. Getting over there. So just be interesting to see how they use him. Yeah, Houston's offensive line, though, nowhere near as good as Cleveland's was in the year in the year past. So, uh, like you said, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Uh, the next big story uh, dealing with another running back is uh, Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks. So, their head coach, Pete Carroll, he promised the media more catches, more touches for Chris Carson. And I know, Zach, that Seattle, kind of like New England, their backfield is not really one you want to be a part of at all because it's just so unpredictable, and it's always been a running back by committee. But according to Pete Carroll, uh, Carson has been getting a majority of the touches in training camp, and I, I think that's come as a surprise to a lot of folks. Um, Rashad Penny, the Seahawks' first-round pick in 2018, he had just 419 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns as a rookie. So huge disappointment already through year one. But Chris Carson – he was the Seahawks' seventh-round pick in 2017. He's easily the lead back right now, and it looks like the Seahawks no longer have a running back by committee. Zach, do you do you trust this uh, this this new um, that policy? But do you trust Pete Carroll's comments on Chris Carson and his role in 2019? I mean, maybe a little bit, but you know, like you said, it's kind of like the Patriots. You just got to see it to believe it, and you just never know, um, especially with the Seahawks and last year. Man, that was crazy. So. Right. Um, just got to see it to believe it. So Pete Carroll said to the media, he said that Carson may have the best hands on the team. He's got a great catching range and is really comfortable catching the ball in different kinds of positions. So he, he said he wouldn't be surprised if uh, he had over 50 catches this year, which is odd. I almost feel like with that comment from a head coach, he's just kind of triggering and trolling fantasy players by putting a number on it over 50 catches. So uh, I don't know how much to believe there, but, um, from everyone I've read, man, it looks like Chris Carson's stock just keeps going up. Yep, we'll see. All right, we'll move on here. Uh, last two news items. These are this is from a former and a current Tennessee Titan receiver. Uh, the first one is the former Rashard Matthews calls it quits and retires. This is in the middle of camp with these um, New Orleans Saints. And Rashard Matthews, we all know he's a quitter. I mean, he quit on the Titans midseason, and he's quit on the Saints midseason. 
I think he was placed on uh, – he was waived for basically for leaving the team, um, which this comes as a surprise to no one. He's had zero accountability or awareness in his entire career. Um, did you see his Instagram post, Zach? No, I didn't see it. So he said, it was cool being a professional football player and getting to play a kid's game for work. I will always be a fan of the best sport in the world, but for me, that kid's game no longer exists. So I, I don't understand Rashard Matthews and his you know, feelings slighted throughout his career. He had two decent seasons as a receiver, but like you said, um, those days no longer exist. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's a shame. I, I wonder how things would have worked out had he stayed in Tennessee. Yeah, didn't he have that really good year with – who was it before Tennessee? Miami. Oh, Miami, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so and he's always been kind of a product of guys ahead of him in, in the lineup, you know, going down and being injured. And uh, it, it just – I think personally, he's kind of like A.B., man. He had that diva receiver quality, which, you know, we love as uh, – we love as fans of the NFL. But for fantasy, man, it's like – I don't know. It's like as long as there's production there and you can't produce when you're not on the field. so. Uh, speaking of which, a person who's finally getting on the field is Titans rookie receiver A.J. Brown, the second-round pick out of Ole Miss. He worked in team drills for the first time in Titans training camp on uh, Monday's uh, training camp. Uh, so time will tell later this week if Brown will play in Saturday's preseason game with the Patriots. They're currently practicing with them, like we mentioned. Um, but, man, A.J. Brown is another Titans rookie with another hamstring in training camp. I feel like Titans rookie receivers, this kind of happens a lot. So, I mean, Zach, does it make any sense to even play A.J. Brown in the preseason? Would you put him on rest until, uh, you know, week one? Definitely if it's a hamstring, you got to be careful with that stuff. I mean, that, that can just come back when you least expect it. Obviously, with him being a rookie, you want to get him out there. But, man, with a hamstring, I think you got to play it safe. I know we ask this question every year, but is there even a Titans receiver on this roster that's worth drafting in fantasy? I have no idea. I think you would know more than me. I have no idea. I mean, where's I mean, Corey Davis had over 950 receiving yards last year and a handful of touchdowns. So he's he's obviously the guy, the the, the wide receiver number one. But I don't even know if he's top ten rounds in in our league. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody that's really uh, fantasy relevant that you want wide receiver wise from the Titans. Yep, this is be a, another rushing offense. I just see it now. So. Um, Zach, we'll move on here. That was all of the league bits and news around the NFL. And we're going to continue doing our divisional previews. We've done the NFC North and South. Tonight we're going to do the NFC East. And so we're covering the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, and Redskins. Zach, when you look at those four teams, uh, and when it comes to the quarterbacks for fantasy value in 2019, ahead of this season, how would you rank these four uh, teams and the quarterbacks? I'm going to go with Wentz, Prescott, Manning Jones, and then Keenum Haskins. So I had Keenum Haskins and Manning Jones flip-flopped, but I kind of want to change mine now to your same ranking. And I, I just – Washington might have – people are talking about the Giants and the Dolphins' offenses being the worst in the NFL. I think the Redskins are pushing it. I mean, they may have the worst offense in the entire NFL, and it's not even close. Um, so we agreed with, with, uh, Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. We talked about Dak a little bit earlier, but, uh, so Carson Wentz, the only thing with him is he has not played a full season, uh, in the NFL yet. 
And so, you, you know, injuries are expected with him. It's kind of like Mariota. Uh, but when he's played, man, he's been MVP caliber. Um, is he someone that is worth taking a gamble on, especially with his weapons? Uh, yeah, I mean, you just got to hope he doesn't get injured, which is, I mean, obviously for everybody in football. But, uh, yeah, he's got some great weapons. I mean, do you think, like, so we're in a 14-team league. Is he a part of the top 14 quarterbacks in, in fantasy drafts? Like, would he be a starter in CMB? Um, who wins? Right. Oh, yeah, I think somebody will draft him as a starter. Probably Jordan Iwanison. Jordan Iwanison, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, next guy here, this is Dak Prescott. We had him ranked second. Both had him ranked the same there. I, I like Dak. I think, I think the Cowboys really have one of the best overall – rosters in the nfl i like what their offense can do he's kind of one of my favorite fantasy quarterbacks heading into the season um so you know dak hasn't really when he played at mississippi state i think people thought he was going to join the league and just have this like lamar jackson scrambling like quality we haven't really seen that uh, he's been more of a passer a lot of times he's inaccurate but if we're ranking the nfc east quarterbacks he's definitely number two yeah uh, and then Washington, we mentioned earlier, it's just going to be such a dumpster fire with that team overall. You know, we saw the terrible injury to Alex Smith, but right now it looks like I saw an article today that Case Keenum is probably going to win that starting job to start. And I just, I want nothing to do with Washington for fantasy. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I think that they're going to be terrible. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I can see, you know, they start one in five and, you know, they bench Keenum to start the rookie Haskins. So yeah. Uh, again, don't want any part of that. Uh, the last one here is Eli Manning and Daniel Jones. So I can see the same thing happening with the Giants. You know, Pat Shermer, the head coach, might get on the hot seat if they start, like I said, one and five. But uh, I, I could easily see them benching Eli and going with Daniel Jones. And um, I, I hope that happens because I have that photo of uh, Jacob Adams at the draft yeah. with Daniel Jones. I would love you know, to. I was, to I was thinking about that photo. I thought that, you know, with Jones having this preseason success that Jacob should probably, you know, change his profile photo at least. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, and at least show everybody that and enjoy the moment. Do you think that, that he has peaked? Is this it for Daniel Jones? Oh, I thought you were going to say Jacob for getting his no. picture with Daniel Jones. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. I Jacob mean, is peaked. definitely peaked. <laughs> no, Daniel Jones, I think Jacob's rooting for him. He's Daniel Jones has a fan in Jacob. So yeah. uh, from everything I've seen, Daniel Jones is actually like he's kind of become a meme and people have made fun of him because he looks like an Eli clone, but he looked good uh, yeah, in that he, first he like that one trophy. Have you seen it? The uh who's who was that trophy? <sighs> Man. I'm not sure. Soccer player, they put out like a and they're like, oh, I yeah, um, I know exactly. The, the are you talking about the bus that looked nothing yes, like the yeah, player? It looks like Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish yeah, I knew yeah. soccer. But uh, you know, if Daniel Jones has a lot of success, I wonder if uh, Jay and Jacob might change their name. I, you know, you should give that photo to Suggs to incorporate in their logo this year. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe uh, Daniel Jones will be starting for IDP. Still suck. Yeah, it could. I could see that. So, yeah, so Daniel Jones, we have ranked last there. And, I, you know, again, it's, it's all the, the Redskins and Giants. It's kind of interchangeable at this point. Um, but we'll rank the running back committees. Zach, where do you rank these four teams in, in terms of the, uh, the backfield? Uh, I guess you got to go with Giants with Saquon um, being the number one overall pick in drafts. And then, you know, if Zeke shows up, Cowboys, 
Eagles, and then Reds. Who do the Redskins even have this year at running back? Adrian Peterson, Darius Geis. I mean, a bunch of old injured guys. Okay. Yeah, I'll stick with that. So, uh, yeah, Giants, Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins. So I had Cowboys, Giants, and same caveat as you. If Zeke shows up, I like him in this offense better than Saquon only because Saquon is the entire Giants offense. Um, you know, the, the Cowboys offense, they have, you know, they have other other people to kind of – like I think, I think teams are just going to load boxes up against the Giants who doesn't really have – or the, the Giants don't have a great offensive line as it is. Cowboys still a top five O-line. I just I like Zeke's opportunity better this year. Uh, the quarterback position's a little steadier. They have a, an elite receiver in Amari Cooper, so I, I like Elliott just a little bit better than Saquon. I'm not really? feeling like Saquon's a top, the number one overall pick. So I think if, if you, you had the number one overall pick and Zeke was in practice and everything, you would take Zeke over Saquon. No, I actually would take. Uh, and I don't have the number one overall pick, so I can say this, but I think I'd probably take Alvin Kamara first overall. Really? Wow. Yeah. I like, I'm big on Kamara this year. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's why I have Zeke over Saquon. I mean, I would not be surprised at all if Saquon just destroyed every fantasy record ever this year. He's that kind of player. He just doesn't have the roster around him to back him up the way Zeke does. Um, so, I like, like, again, I like Saquon a lot, but if you look at the receiving core right now, uh, for the Giants, it's it's so thin and bare that I just you know I, I don't like him as much as I like Zeke's setup. But um, as far as the Eagles, we mentioned them. No more Jai. Um, Jordan Howard. We saw the trade uh, during the offseason. Jordan Howard gets shipped from the uh, Bears to the Eagles. And Jordan Howard, man, he had a, a strong rookie year. And then I feel like Greg Lucius drafted him, and then it, it, all his luck you know, dried up. And he's a guy who can't really catch the ball out of the backfield. Can't really trust him in goal line situations. So I I don't really like the Eagles backfield as much as I have in the past. Darren Sproles is back. Um, And I feel like Darren Sproles in our league is a guy that doesn't get drafted, but everyone ends up meeting Darren Sproles by like week five. (laughs) That's how it's gone every year for the last like 10 years in fantasy. It's like, no one values Darren Sproles until, you know, whatever team he's on, the back in front of him gets injured. Hilarious, yeah. So, um, and we won't even talk about the Redskins. I mean, Adrian Peterson, who was sneaky good last year in fantasy for a stretch, uh, but all those guys have torn ACLs or are old. And, I mean, the left tackle of the Redskins is saying he's holding out and not playing for the Redskins. So, I, I don't like that team at all. And the running back position is not great. Yeah. Um, is H&F going to take a, another turn on the uh, Chris Thompson merry-go-round? Did we have him last year? Chris Thompson? I feel like you guys have had Chris Thompson several times. Uh, I don't think so. Chris Thompson or uh, Jordan Reed? I think, yeah, we've had Jordan Reed. I don't think we've had Chris Thompson. Maybe that was IDPs. Anyway, yeah. um, okay, talking about the receiving core, let's rank these four teams and their receiving core. I have the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Redskins. Zach, how would you rank those four? Go with Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Redskins. In Cowboys first because they have Amari as a, their number one wideout. Yeah, they've got Amari, so I'm going to give it to them. I mean, it's kind of a joke to mention this, but you know, Jason Witten apparently is going to have a pretty big role in the offense. Do you think that has any fantasy value or effect at all, or are you just not even considering Witten this year? I'm not. I know. I wouldn't say I'm not considering him, um, but I think he will be good for Dak. You know, to have that. 
uh, tight end to throw to. So, uh, and you know, they know each other and so familiar with the system. I think that it's a good fit. I'm going to make a bold prediction on August 14th. It is currently 9:22 PM central standard time. Uh, James Lane at some point after all the shark facts are gone during the draft, it's going to be like round, you know, 19 and yeah. he and Blake are going to be scrambling for yeah. names uh-huh. and James is going to go, Oh, and this is usually where he says, James Eric Witten still there. Yeah. We'll this, take this, is, this is usually where he says Eric Berry and he's going to say Jason Witten. <laughs> so I, I like that bold prediction. I'm locking it up right here on yeah, like uh, August 14th. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. So, I had the Eagles first because I just think they're a little bit uh, more evenly distributed. And I think Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, best tight end duo in the league, hands down. Um, so I just, I just like overall their receiving core a little better. Deshaun Jackson's back in the mix. Um, you know, Deshaun Jackson really, I mean, he's hurt a lot of last season, but um, even in the games he played, not really a touchdown factor like he used to be. So maybe Carson Wentz can bring that out of him. Uh, but it's it's never going to be Mike Vick, Deshaun Jackson. That's gone. Yep, gone. Um, the Giants, we talked about them already. Uh, Golden Tate's four-game suspension for P, uh, violating the NFL's uh, performance-enhancing drug policy. That suspension was upheld, so he will miss the first four games. And then after that, man, it is uh, – you know, we talked about Sterling Shepard already. He's hurt. It's just – it's not – it. When it comes to pass catching, it's Evan Ingram, the tight end, and that's about it. So it's going to be rough for the Giants. And then, believe it or not, the Redskins is even worse. So, um, I mean, there are two elite running backs in this division. One really good receiver and Amari Cooper. And, man, outside of that, and the two tight ends in, in Philly, outside of that, dude, this is not a great division for fantasy. Yeah, I agree. But those two running backs will be in the top five in fantasy drafts as they should be. So it all kind of um, depends on those two backs. Zach, I heard something really good on a, a fantasy podcast recently, and it's someone was quoting Matthew Barry, of course, the lead fantasy expert for ESPN. Matthew Barry always says that you cannot win your fantasy leagues in the first round of a fantasy draft, but you can lose it in the first round. Has yep. that been your experience having busts at the top? Oh yeah, especially with us last year. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. All right, so yeah, important to nail that first pick, not for winning purposes, but for losing. And uh, I'm not saying that it determines the ice bucket on uh, <laughs> on Labor Day weekend, but you know, it just all it takes is one bad move at the top. But um, we, that was our. Can we talk about how bad the ice bucket was this year? Whew. Man. I think we we have talked about I it. I know we have. I'm just coming back to it. It's just so bad. I feel like we even talked about making him do it again. Is that in the card still? Yeah, I don't know. That was just so bad. Whew. And I know we know he's not going to listen to this podcast. I feel like we need to find a way to. I mean, maybe it might be considered hazing or mean or whatever, but we should bum rush him at the draft and just do it ourselves. I almost think so. Yeah. Like, was- during the during the handshake with Rish. I was just thinking, like, the other day, who had the ice bucket? And I, I was thinking, I, it was it's so forgettable. Right. I mean, there, it's, he just dumped, like, a, a cup of ice on him. So. so, speaking of the handshake with Rish, let's talk about some CNB League news. Ryan Risher and his uh, wife, Devin, they have their first baby girl last week. Yes. Congratulations. Big, big personal news in the Fantasy League. Um, 
So the uh, don't tell me. Uh, Valley May. Valley May Risher was born a week and two days ago. This is on Monday, August 5th. Seven pounds, 12 ounces, 20 inches. And uh, Valley May joins mom and dad and uh, her new brothers, uh, the twins, Ashton and Ethan. So really happy for the Rishers. Uh, it's good stuff. Yes, it is. Have we, do we know if Rish is going to be at the draft? Is there enough time now where he can kind of sneak out of the house? <laughs> yeah, I think he should be there. I haven't, you know, I actually haven't seen him since, but uh, right. I, would, I would think he can get away. How, how does that work, Zach? Like your dad, like uh, I guess what was it, three years ago when Winnie Kate was born? Like is there like a buffer period? Like how long do you have to wait before you can like go play pickup basketball at college side on Wednesday night? Like is it a month? Is it two months? Man, I haven't done that in years. But uh, as far as getting away, you know, maybe some family can come over and help or something like that, you know. So I, I have confidence that Rich can make it. But do you feel like as a dad, you feel bad just being like, hey, I'm, 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 I'm mainly just asking for, you know, oh. life, life advice. Just like leaving on a whim, like, hey, see you later and, you know, ditching Sarah and, and the newborn. Yeah, that probably wouldn't be good on a whim. Right. But gave her like, you know, a heads up and um, it wasn't like at night or something. I think you're good. So the CMB draft, like I mentioned, is 16 days away. We have just a little over two weeks from now uh, is the draft. It's, it's crazy how it's sneaking up on us. Um, Zach, we have a few guests that we're, we're reaching out to now to try and get on for pre-draft episodes because a lot of the uh, the context and the content we're going to talk about, people in our league want to hear before they make their decisions before draft night. Yes. Yeah, we're hopefully we'll get some of these guests and, and uh, have some special appearances. Yep. So the volume of episodes will increase, obviously, over time. But, I mean, really, after the, we have the draft and we're getting into the thick of the season, that's where we really – uh, you know, hone in our craft and, and start taking the podcast a little bit more seriously. Yeah. So uh, with that, Zach, let's move on here. The last bit, and this is our tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Zach, do you have a tweet of the week this week? I do. Um, and it is about a minute long. It's a video. Um, and it will, we'll just play the audio, obviously. And uh, this is on the Dan Patrick show today, earlier today. And so uh, this is the new Lakers shooting coach. Um, and he used to play with, you know, with Shaq. And so he, Dan asked him for a Shaq story. And so this is what he has. What's your favorite story that you'll always tell about Shaq? I was walking to practice from the, from the hotel. Shaq pulled up next to me, asked me what I was doing. This was about two weeks into camp. He says, what are you doing? I scared me to death. And I said, I'm just going to practice. He says, my teammates don't practice. My, my, my teammates don't walk. You need a car? And my wife, you know, I had one car. I was, you know, barely making it. And I said, yeah, yeah. And he goes into his glove compartment. And he throws me a wad of cash. And he says, go buy a car. <laughs> and so I said, uh, I said wait, hold wait, on wait, a second. Wait, wait. Hold on a second. How, how how much money are we talking about? I don't know. It hit me like a softball. I mean, it was like knocked the, <laughs> knocked the wind out of me, you know. Was it rolled up so, in rubber bands yeah, there? It was just one, just one little wad, you know, and banged me right in the chest. So there's a million stories like that, but one of the most gracious people on earth. And Over great, under great five guy. grand that he sent you. They Over threw. for sure. Over oh. under 10 grand. Oh, it hit me pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just thought that was a great story. So this guy. His uh, teammates with Shaq, and he's walking down the road, and here comes Shaq, pulls up beside him, and 
just throws a wad of cash at him and tells him to go buy a car. So he, he said one little wad. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is like people love Shaq so much now since he's been on TV, like on TNT and everything and all the commercials he does. But man, Shaq, even when he was a player, people loved him. Like he was universally liked. I can't remember an NBA player that was as universally liked as Shaq. I mean, I know he and Kobe had their kind of fallout when the, the Lakers band kind of broke up, but yeah. I mean, everyone loves Shaq. Yep. Yeah. I just thought that was, that was a uh, pretty cool story. That is cool. Um, I think one of my favorite all time M- MTV cribs, did you ever watch that show in like the early mid two thousands, Zach? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, I mean, much younger, obviously back then, but I remember watching that. The, my favorite Cribs episode was always Shaq's because he had that big uh, Superman bed. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, he's awesome. He's the man. Yep. Um, I was going to say I have a uh, special connection to him because he played for the Suns for a few seasons, but which team did he not play for for a few seasons? That guy was on like 15 different NBA yeah, teams. Yeah, I was really thinking there for a second. I was like, man, well, I don't know. But yeah. and my, and my, my favorite Shaq video – it's where he tries to go save the ball, and then the whole bench clears out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one still just makes me laugh to this day. I, I watched that yesterday, actually. It popped up in my feed. So. Yeah, that one's great. That's a classic. I actually have two tweets of the week this week, and one of them's football-related. The other one isn't. I'll do the non-football one. So this is from the official mascot account, Twitter account, for the Nashville Predators. Uh, Nash is the Preds mascot. So at Nash00, he uh, retweeted. So the awful bro country band, which is actually kind of topical because Ryan Risher despises this band, Florida Georgia line. They tweeted, they did, they did a concert in St. Louis and they wore cut off St. Louis blues jerseys with the Stanley cup patch and everything. St. Louis blues top three, top five rival of the Preds. Right? So they tweet these photos of them and then blues jerseys. And they tweet at the St. Louis blues and say, y'all need some hype men. So so Nash, the mascot of the Preds, retweets that and says, I don't know where exactly the Florida Georgia line is, but you just crossed it. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that tweet. That was good. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, The other one here is football related, and this is one of the best tweets, one of the best football tweets of this current season so far. Uh, It's in the running. So this guy, Sean uh, Kistler, Keisler, tweeted on August 10th. He said, so about the Madden curse – and it's one of these where it's like four photos and they zoom up. And the first one is, this is from last season's Madden. So Madden 19, Antonio Brown was the cover athlete. And I remember you and I talking about the Madden curse and if it's real or not. And I said, well, clearly it wasn't real because Antonio Brown had a great season last year, right? So he has all these issues now in the off season. When you zoom up on the cover of his Madden cover, it has all the logos of, you know, the EA Sports the NFLPA, and right beside that, there is a company called Frostbite, and it's a picture, it's a logo of a hand that's cracked. <laughs> I mean, that is creepy. Oh, my goodness. That is. So funny. So I'll have to, to share that uh, in, the, in the Facebook group. Yeah, but that's crazy. Those are all of our tweets of the week. Zach, I hope uh, you're on the mend. You're getting the feeling better. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm actually starting to kind of come down with something myself. So hopefully you didn't uh, s- send it through the, uh, through the cloud. Yeah, hopefully not. All right. That was episode 114. We did a NFC East preview, talked about Antonio Brown quite a bit. Congrats again to Ryan and Devin Risher on their first baby girl of Valley May. 
And uh, we will pick things up here soon with episode 115. And uh, let's eat a W. That's a W. Let's eat one.